Hey there, fellow watchers. It's that time of the week again, Born to Watch. Eddie Murphy was an absolute superstar. And 1988 marked the end of one of the great runs in cinema history. There's an argument that Coming to America could be Eddie's best movie, with a joke hit rate that's rarely been matched. The story of Akeem, the Prince of Zamunda, searching for true love in America is an age-old story, but when done right, is a joy to behold. A movie that was front and centre of my teenage years, and with possibly the most quoted lines of any movie we've covered to date, Coming to America is going to be a fun ride. Join us as the Born to Watch team head to New York to sow our royal oats. G-Man, welcome. Good evening. Yes, uh, this was very quotable in uh, throughout all of our lives. It's uh, and it's it's one of those ones where just rewatching it, you hear all the all the one liners you haven't heard for so long. Mate, There's it, a million of them. It shook me about how this movie essentially <laughs> was part of our everyday life. Oh, so many. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. Eddie on a heater, coming coming, coming to the end coming to the end of his heater. But exactly. Quality start, quality entrance. Dan on the land. Welcome, my friend. I'm rooted. <laughs> Why is that? Oh, well, it, uh, as you both well know, had a little bit of a shindig up at the land this past weekend. And geez, we drank a lot of piss. And yes, I even had to forego my calisthenics I normally have of a Monday evening prior to this recording because I'm completely knackered. Very, uh, very good catch up with some of the city slickers. Showed them, showed them around the farm. Actually increased my poultry head as well. So I had a couple of chicks born over the weekend, which is very cute. So up to about nine head of a chicken now. So it's it's <laughs> definitely, yeah, I, I think I get a few more, few more grants and a few more subsidies. Oh, mate. It's almost a commercial production morgues up there, but thanks for, thanks for showing us what life on the land is like. No, it's good. Look, I, I think it's, uh, you know, as kids, we used to go on excursions to farm stays and, and places where we just saw a bit of perspective. I, I think that I was able to show all you guys a different uh, different perspective this weekend, which was great. So, yeah, I, uh, I hope we do it again soon. Yeah, Daniel, thank thank you for the hospitality. Uh, we we spent uh, a few days up there on the land, learned a lot. Uh, the kids uh, became enamoured with your poultry some more than others. Um, we've just we've got a new nickname for Gow's young boy Charlie, the Colonel, as in Colonel Sanders. He's a he's a chicken whisperer. Uh, he loved the chooks, didn't he? Mate, he was. I don't know if he he loved if he could get a, a chicken on the motorbike with him. I think he would have been in heaven. So. <laughs> yeah, if he could have dinked a chicken on there, that that'd be uh, yeah. his perfect weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, gentlemen. Uh, look, an old movie, 1988, 35 years old. Scary to think about that. It's, it was hard trying to do an overs and unders for this because I could have said 100 and I, I, I would seriously think we could be under or over. Like, it's scary. I've set it at 45. I think that's fairly reasonable. going to start with Dan up there on the land. Overs and unders of 45. And what are your first memories of coming to America? Look, I know I've spoken about it for our long-term fan base, spoken about the mystical four VHS copies that I had at my house. I'm starting to think that I may have been a little low on that number because this film was definitely one of the mystical four, which takes it up to about 20 VHS <laughs> uh, movies in the mystical four. But uh, look, I'm way overs on this. I 
my brain is getting worse every every year and possibly every day with its inability to recall facts about my children's birth year or anything to do with <laughs> with anything useful. But I could almost quote this film verbatim throughout the watching, and I was watching it a little bit, a little bit, a little bit sad, a little bit quiet, a little bit hungover last night, and was just amazed by how much I remembered. So yeah, I'm definitely for 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 once overs. I'm at like I'm a demo of six. It's a lot. Yeah, right. That is a lot. That is a lot. What about you, G-Man? Oh, I definitely watch it a lot, but I'm like you, Morgs. My, uh, the consumption of Sailor Jerry over the weekend has uh, dulled my my mind and how many times I've watched it, but it's definitely over 45. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to remember when we first watched it. Did we watch it together? Look, I saw this at the movies on my own, but I'm yeah. fairly certain 88, 88, well, we just started really hanging out, yeah. uh, and... I think we probably, I probably, I think we probably would have gone to see this at the movies. To be honest, I would think so. I, I definitely, this was a multiple view at the movies for me. I do remember seeing it on my own because I, I do remember sitting there going, "This is amazing," yeah. and looking around and laughing on my own as a thirteen-year-old or as a twelve-year-old turning thirteen. I, uh, yeah. I definitely went to the movies because Eddie Murphy was. Oh, you had to go. He was he was my favourite yeah. in that period for sure. Like yeah. coming off the back of Beverly Hills Cop and everything, I I loved all of his stuff. So I remember going to the movies. I just can't remember all the details. Of that. Yeah. It's a long time ago. It now. is a long time ago. But look, I do remember seeing this for the first time on my own at Ringham Mall. Uh, got my you know pack of burger rings and a and a one point two five liter probably Fanta. That would have oh, been my yeah. go to back in the day. Were you a Fanta man back then? Back in the day, I was. Yeah, like back when I was a young kid. If I I didn't drink a lot of soft drink. But not like today. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but back in the day, Fanta would have been my go-to. When Fanta tasted great, doesn't yeah. taste so good anymore. I was always a Fanta man, and then we started hanging out. That's uh, when I got the taste for Coca-Cola. Then we funked it right yeah. up. Smashed yeah. it up. Yeah, I turned to Coke quick smart. I think Coke was the one that you weren't really allowed to have. Yep. Uh, but then when you became uh, a bit of independence at teenage years, that's when we, when we hit the Coke. And there is nothing greater. There is no... No greater feeling. Well, there's maybe one or two greater feelings than cracking a can of Coke in the first sip. Oh, the ice cold. I've seen you take a whole can down yeah. in one sip, gear. Glorious. Yeah. yeah, you're very good at that. Look, I'm way overs. I, I could be triple figures on this. This was a video shop darling. This went on in the in the evenings when I was on my own. It's even one of the ones where if you're careful enough, you can pretty much play it during uh, during the afternoon on a Saturday when the, when the shop's super busy. As long as you are, are ready to push moot or uh, or fast forward at certain yep. stages, okay. So that's good. So we're all overs, which is unusual of late. Did you just say push moot? Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> it's a soft M. That's always the goal to push a bit <laughs> yeah. of moot. But yeah, well, that's so. it. I'm glad you picked that up. I'm glad you picked that up. Uh, there's a there was a lack of pushing moot on the weekend due to a lack of privacy, but. Uh, Anyway, uh, look, let's move on and uh, let's watch the trailer. Good morning, Your Highness. We've selected for you a very fine wife. So, what kind of music do you like? Whatever kind of music you like. Do you have a favourite food? Whatever food you like. Fine girl, isn't she? Why can't I find my own wife? I want a woman that's going to arouse my intellect as well as my loins. Where will you find such a woman? Queens. No one here can know I am royalty. You must appear to be no different than the average man. I will not say a word. We require a room that is very poor. 
damn shame what they did to that dog. We will take the room. Good morning, my neighbors! First stop, New York City. All the girls are pretty. I am Akeem. It's nice to meet you, Akeem. What are you going to do, mop your way into her heart? We got an extra ticket for the game tomorrow. Want to come? Yes. I have a date. Isn't that wonderful? Oh, another quality Eddie Murphy trailer. It probably might give a little bit too much away, but uh, you know you're in for... Hilarity. No, it hooks you into the movie, doesn't it? That certainly, trailer. You, certainly you know, does. You know what you're going to get with Eddie. Absolutely. G-Man, why don't you tell us about coming to America? Okay. Tagline, the four funniest men in America are Eddie Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Immersed in luxury and riches, Prince Akeem, the refined heir apparent to Africa's prosperous kingdom of Zamunda, summons up the courage to reject an arranged marriage proposal on his 21st birthday. As a result, bent on finding true love, the young blue blood heads to the strange urban jungle of Queens in New York City. To mask his regal descent, Akeem and his trusted valet Semi must pose as humble exchange students, doing their best to mingle with their neighbours. But more than anything in the world, the noble bachelor yearns to be loved for who he is and not for his title. Is Prince Akeem destined to find his soulmate in, a mess in America's bustling Big Apple? Yes! Yes! <laughs> Fuck you too! <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a that's a good synopsis. Gives us all we need to know. Uh, interesting critical thinking on this one. Seven point one on IMDb. It's pretty good for a comedy. Pretty good. Seventy three percent on the tomato meter, but an eighty five percent audience score. Yeah, that sounds about right. So loved by the fans and uh, you know, okayed by the critics. Uh, I've got a couple of reviews. A good one here from Kathleen Carroll of the New York Daily News. Murphy has dealt audiences the movie equivalent of a royal flush, and he is now clearly Hollywood's reigning king of comedy. That's pretty good. Pretty I good mean, review. That, that's uh, that's where he was. At I this think time. at that stage in '88, he was the, he was probably the biggest star in the world. Oh yeah, definitely. When well, you look at all the movies he had be, uh, around that period, we'll go through them a little bit, but yeah. gee, there was, he was just on a run from early 80s right through, yeah, it was all massive. through the 80s. It was massive. It was funny, uh, going through this, I, I kept having this thing in the back of my head where, God, I think we've already done this movie. But we haven't. No. But it just it just lingering in the back of my head, God, have we done this? And actually today, I went back and checked the whole list <laughs> to make sure that we hadn't done it. But that's just you know how how yeah, sort of forward in my of, head it it's is. It's making you think of Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah, there's a little bit of that. There's a little bit. Okay, got a bad review from the Variety staff from Variety magazine. Starts on a bathroom joke, quickly followed by a gag about private parts, then wanders in search of something equally original for Eddie Murphy to do another for another couple of hours. Right. Yes. And what's the problem with that? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I. 
I'd like to talk further on the start when we get to Good, the Bad, the Ugly. It's not supposed to be the Godfather. Well, movie. it certainly isn't. <laughs> no, it's just a, it's just a good, fun story. Yeah, look, it's an age-old story, right? It's like Prince looking for his for yep. his queen, and it's uh, it's been done a trillion times, but oh, she's his queen to be. Hilarity in shoes. Okay, G-Man, ordinary people. Why don't you tell us a bit about the cast and the crew and the money and all the other things? Okay, let's. We'll just go through some of these early movies for Eddie when he was coming through. I mean, we talked about him before. He was picked up in 1980 as a 19-year-old and was cast on Saturday Night Live. Um, he was also doing stand-up comedy around the Bay Area with the same club as Robin Williams and Whoopi Goldberg before getting into it. But had his movie debut in 48 Hours as Reggie Hammond in 82, straight into Trading Places 83, Delirious 83 as well, Beverly Hills Cop 84, The Golden Child 86, Beverly Hills Cop 2 87, Raw 1987. I mean, that's just banging out the movies. And then Coming to America 88, Harlem Nights in 89. Harlem Nights is a little underrated. Yeah, it's a good movie. It's pretty funny. Yeah, it's, it's really funny. funny. Richard Pryor as well. And then he hits on a couple. He sort of gets out into Boomerang in 92, Bowfinger 99, uh, Shrek 2001, obviously voice voicing in Shrek. Well, uh, he does really. He does nothing really through the 90s. No, the Nutty, of any professor, note. the Nutty Professor was yeah. about the only thing. Oh, they're pretty Do- funny. Dr. Doolittle. Terrible. Yeah. But then he's had, you know, he's had Pluto Nash, we talked about, I Spy, Daddy Daycare. Shit, shit. Yeah, uh, Dream Girls. He got a Best Supporting Actor nomination for Dream Girls in two thousand and six. Love Dream Girls. Yeah, great movie. But uh, and Dolomite is my name is probably the most recent one. There is a a Beverly Hills Cop four in post production at the moment. It's in post, is it? Yeah, it was in pre mm. when we did Beverly Hills Cop. Now it's in post. So wow. okay, no no date for that yet. So this is our third Eddie Mur- Eddie Murphy movie. We've done uh, Beverly Hills Cop. We did Golden Child in our oh, second episode, yeah. which we absolutely derided. It didn't. It didn't fare well. It didn't did it? fare well. I think Morgs condoed it. That's. I think this was the. I think that actually the Golden Child was the birth of the Marie Kondo and Dan. Yeah, it was, and and I haven't changed my position on that. I won't be revisiting the Golden Child, but I, the the rest of the run that you just mentioned, I'd love to know what he was up to in 1985. I'm going to say lots of bags, but <laughs> everything else you've mentioned right up until. I guess Harlem Nights and Pride of Boomerang. He just goes on an absolute tear. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Just burst onto the scene and just did not stop. Fueled by cocaine and the bus boys. <laughs> <laughs> he was definitely one of the bus boys. Eddie. Oh, mate. He fucked everybody. everybody. Yeah. Right, who's next, G? Um, okay, moving on. We've got Arsenio Hall now. This was his movie debut. He'd done he'd done a little bit of limited TV work and a lot of cartoon voiceover work. He was he actually played the role of Winston Zeddemore in the Real Ghostbusters cartoon. Did about ninety okay. episodes of that. Um, it was actually funny because um, oh, what's his name um, that played Winston Zeddemore? Yep, I can't think of it. I can feel it's Ernie, Ernie Hudson. Hudson. Ernie Hudson turned up for the to do this role as well to oh. do the voice, and then he sort of thought. What's going on here? Why has he turned up? Anyway, he got the role ahead of him for the cartoon. That's after funny. he played it, which, which is interesting. But yeah, he did that. And look, he he also had a, a short-lived talk show in 84 uh, alongside Alan Thicke on a on a show called Thick of the Night. Wow. Ah, yeah. Wowzers. <laughs> as long as we got each other. Alan Thicke, just the king. How good. He was good back then. But look, yeah. You he take the good, said, you take the bad, you take <laughs> them all in there, you have the facts of life. 
The Facts Alive. Was that Alan Thick, or are you yeah, just singing yeah. a good song? No, that was Alan Thick. I'm pretty oh, sure mate. that was he Alan Thick. He did heaps of yeah, yeah, he's he's the man. Chick, yeah, he's the man. Ah. But look, he um, yeah, he made his movie. To, he's he's been in limited movies. He's in Harlem Nights in '89. He had a small role in that. He did a TV show called. Do you remember Martial Law? Uh, was that with the uh, with Sammo Hung? Yeah, he was. Okay, like was that a, like a, a kung fu one, wasn't it? Yeah, he was like a, a Shanghai cop, and yeah. then he comes to the Los Angeles Police Department. Right. Okay. So he did that. That was like late eighties. But after that, he uh, he would got his own show. He was actually a, a rotating host for Joan Rivers. Got fired from her show on Fox, and he was one of the rotating ones. He was so good at it, they gave him his own show. Yeah, the so Arsenio a, Hall show went for ages. Yeah, five or six years. He did yeah. 170 odd episodes. He used that. to wear like shoulder pad jackets. Yeah, big. He looked like a chalk block. <laughs> he did, but it was it was 89 to 94. So, <laughs> just confirming that Alan Thicke did write the Facts of Life and also, well, the world don't move to the beat of just one drum. What might rap you? May not be rap a song. A man is born. <laughs> now we can be going on it. So anyway, well done, He's Alan. Thick. Alan's the best. All right. Look, he also won. Uh, he also won Celebrity Apprentice five in two thousand and twelve. Arsenio Hall. Right. That's about all he's done lately. Okay. Trumpy. He comes onto the screen in this film a star. Like there is no. He, he, every scene he's in, he is brilliant. So I, I was very surprised to learn this was his first film role. He was excellent. Very good for someone that had to do multiple roles as well, right? Yeah. That was really, really good. <laughs> well, he would have cut his teeth, quite literally. He's got very similar teeth to you, G-Man. Uh, he would have cut his teeth in the comedy, like with yeah. like live comedy. So he would have been ready to go. But, yeah, he is. I agree with you, Dan. He's, he's very funny in this movie. Can I also say I'm looking forward to the lookalikes today because I think it's going to be very difficult for you to, <laughs> to do morgues alikes, uh, but I'm sure you'll find a way. I've got one. Nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Are you keeping that for later? I'm going to keep it for later. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you want me to do it now? Do you want me to do it no, now? No, 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 okay. no, no, no. Yeah, no. All right, let's move on. James Earl Jones debuted in Doctor Strangelove in 1964. Wowzers. <laughs> um, I mean, he's 90 odd, 90 something. Mm. He was born in 1931. I'm already chuckling. I'm already chuckling at that. <laughs> I know I do. <laughs> I always assumed I you had sex with your bathers. <laughs> I know I do. Oh God! <laughs> but obviously, yeah, he was in a lot of, did a lot of TV work, a lot of shows. But obviously, most known for being the voice of Darth Vader from Episode Four in 1977, all the way through to Obi Wan Kenobi in 2022, and everything in between. Uh, he was in Conan the Barbarian in '82. Yeah, he's great in that. Yeah, it's good. He was in Soul Man in '86. Yeah, that's a movie that uh, couldn't be made today. It's old Soul Man. Yes. Old Blackface. Mm. Mm. Obviously, Coming to America, King Jaffe Joffer, one of the great names. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, like, just used a trillion times yeah. in our life. A, a trillion, at least. A trillion times. Uh, and, look, Field of Dreams in 89. Oh, so, mate. yeah. It's true that Goobs much preferred him in this role. Well, he loves, well, see, he loves real movies, Goobs. Yeah. Yeah, not the science fiction stuff. No, he doesn't like anything science. He likes real movies about ghosts that live in the cornfield. Yeah. <laughs> Absolute uh, dickhead. He's also in The Hunt for Red October in 1990. Patriot Games, same role, 92. Yeah. And The Lion King, obviously the voice of Mufasa in 94. But look, he's done a lot of stuff in his career. He's had a long and storied career. But possibly the highlight 
of his life and his whole career was his role as Frank Cuso, who was the team coach in Best of the Best <laughs> in 1990, starring Eric Roberts and Chris oh, Penn, Sally God. Kirkland. Um, a team from the United States is going to compete against Korea in a Taekwondo tournament. I the remember team consists that. of yeah. fighters from all yeah. over the country. Can they overcome their rivalry and work together to win? It's, it's Chris Penn's skinny. Yeah. Skinny is He's yeah. skinny He's, Chris um, Penn, yeah. It's hugely underrated, Best of the Best. Great movie. Yeah, it's a good movie. Um, one of the great Stan Bush style songs from Ike Stubblefield. Have you heard it? Yeah, oh, I, 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 I can't recall what it is, but I know that it had, did have a good soundtrack. Here's the opening lines for you. Someone will win. Someone will lose. Someone will win. Only the strong will survive. Oh, well, there we go. Yeah. yeah. Sounds awesome. I would suggest everyone go look it up. It Tick. is a great Stan Bush Tick. style song. You're the best of the best. All right. Bring me down. You're the best of the best. All right. Um, all right, let's move on. John Amos. Oh. Good times. <laughs> Temporary layoffs. Good, Good times. Credit card rip-offs. Good times. <laughs> Ain't we lucky we got them. Good times. <laughs> what, a, what a great show. Well, but, that uh, was on in 1974 that started. Yeah. Can you believe that? JJ. Don't mind. Oh, my God. I, it, it's so... It's just again. It's so bloody nostalgic. Good times. Oh, remember, watch that so many times. Did you know? In that he's only. Did you eight know years... the Michael Caine? <laughs> did you? Did you, did know? you know? Did you know? He was only eight years older than Jimmy JJ Walker. Really? That. Yep. So, and yep. he was nineteen years younger than Esther Roll, who played Florida. <laughs> uh, shut Jimmy in the lips. <laughs> I like good times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Eddie Murphy. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> I like good times. But yeah, he was on the Mary Tyler Moore show in the 1970s as Weatherman Gordy had a recurring role on that. A recurring <laughs> role on Hunter. Oh, oh yeah, okay. Yeah. 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 He, he was in Lock Up in 89 with Sly. Oh, and great movie, Lock Up. It is a really yeah. good movie. Eclipse. Yeah. Um, die was Hard he in 2? one of the? Was, I was going to say, is he one of the diehards? Wasn't he? Yeah, yeah he was die he's hard in two. Die Hard Two. The general, the, 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 the baddie who the comes in to save it. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Um, and he had a small role in Uncut Gems most recently as well. Oh, it's, okay. I watched that. Yeah. I watched that the other night again, and it's oh man, that's that's a that's a. Hectic I can't movie. watch that again. Yeah, can't watch it again. Super hectic. Is it, I haven't watched it. Is it a one and done? Well, it's a no, one and done. No, it's, it's a great movie. Mm, but you've got to watch it. So, like it's, yeah, hectic. It is, but it is like is it heavy? It's heavy, man. Right. Yeah. Okay. It's it puts you through the emotional ringer because you're a gambling addict, right? Right. And you're like, what are you doing? No, no, no! All these decisions he's making, you're just like, no. Okay. It's got long. T- uh, no, it doesn't have long. John Sally in it. Everyone Kevin, out there, Kevin Garnett, go and watch it. If you haven't, it is brilliant. Uncut gems, yeah, it's incredible. It I've heard it's such good things about it. Uh, and I'll tell you what, Adam Sandler, like, very unlucky yeah. not to win awards for that. Yes, he was yeah. fucking amazing in it. Agree. All right, let's keep going. Sherry Headley, she was Lisa McDowell. This was her first movie role as well in this, uh, but a lot of just one-off TV after that. Quantum Leap, Matlock, Walker, Texas Ranger. She did a lot of um, TV. She was in The Guiding Light mm-hmm. for a couple of years in the early two thousands. Then she was in All My Children for like. 15 years. Wow. She did 226-odd episodes. She's got a big that. smile. Yeah. Huge smile. <laughs> but uh, most recently, Goosebumps 2 and and, uh, and Incoming to America, which 
The less we talk about, the better. We Look, that's the last time we're going to mention the sequel. Yeah. Done. Yeah, done. All right, and quickly, Eric LaSalle, obviously, we couldn't <laughs> leave him out. <laughs> Just let you sell him. Soul glow. <laughs> One of the great songs. Oh, my God. When he pulls up in the car and it's playing, and oh. I'm thinking, I couldn't remember what would have made that better is if he turned the car off and the song cut then. <laughs> that would have made it ten times funnier. But just him putting his glasses on and getting out of the car oh. is all time. What about he's got a little hair comb too? Oh he, spray, he sprays the hair and he's got oh the little comb God. to fluff the hair. Oh How good God. is it when the family get off the lounge? Oh, my God. <laughs> and there's just the three oil spots on the lounge. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all time. It is all time. But obviously he's most well known for being... Peter Benton in ER, he did obviously about 15 years of that as well himself. He was the stroppy, stroppy doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was broody. I really um, loved ER for about the first six or seven years. I was really into it. Yeah, it was a fantastic show. Fantastic show. But as with all those shows, you've got to keep the storylines going somehow. So yeah. It just how much can happen? Wilder, I know, I know yeah. how much, I know a lot can happen in an ER, but there you go. Okay, so let's do the gross gal. What about the dollars gal? How the how coming to America go dollar wise? Okay, look, uh, 128 million domestically, 160 and a half internationally for 288.8 worldwide. It had a 36 million dollar budget and did 21 and a half million on its opening weekend. So At, it was it was the number three movie dollar wise for the year. It's a big it's a big movie. It was massive. Yeah. Now it obviously got beaten out that year by Rain Man. So Rain Man won four or five. Oscars, including Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor. How many times have you seen Rain Man, G-Man? I've seen it quite a lot. Yeah, but how many times do you reckon? How many times? Just, Don't know. Do you reckon 10? Yeah, maybe. Okay. How many times have you seen Coming to America? Heaps more. Okay. Yeah. That's the problem with the Oscars, right? It's not, it's, you know, eh. Yeah. Hindsight, I'm not saying Coming to America is going to win Best Picture, but, you know. Yeah, look, I, I get it. I mean, it's... That's a dramatic story. That it's a fantastic movie. Rain Man's a great movie. Don't yeah. get me wrong, but it's a it's like it's going to max out with how many times you can watch it. We, we watched *Coming to America* a lot as kids. It certainly appealed to us at that age. <laughs> certainly did. <laughs> certainly did. But yeah, it was third. Um, *Who Framed Roger Rabbit* was in second spot, and *Crocodile Dundee* two and *Twins* in the top five, rounding out the top five. Wow. *Crocodile Dundee* two is yeah. a disappointment. Yes. It's not bad, but it's just a disappointment. I think it just came in with such massive hype after the first one that it's, that's rocketed up there. Yeah. Yeah. It was so charming, oh. the first one, and then the second one was just a little bit... Uh, he just picked bits and pieces from other movies and squashed yes. it into a screwplay. It was, yeah, it was... Yeah. I agree, disappointing. Only surpassed by Crocodile Dundee 3, which was a steaming pile of excrement. And Crocodile Dundee 4, which was the bacteria in Crocodile Dundee 3's <laughs> excrement. Yes. Well played. 1988 hit, sleeper or dud. I'll start. My hit, Midnight Run. Robert De Niro, Charles Grodin, Dennis Farina and Yafet Koto. A bounty hunter pursues a former mafia accountant who is also being chased by a rival bounty hunter, the FBI and his old mob boss after jumping bail. I was very, very late to Midnight Run. I saw this, I'm going to say, 2011. I saw Midnight Run for the first time in my life. And I've probably watched it five or six times since then. It is, have you guys seen it? 
I've seen it once, but a long, long oh, time ago. Maybe once yeah, or twice I've, I've a, seen it. That's about revisit. it. Yeah, I, I vaguely remember Dennis Farina for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's very, very good. Charles Grodin in it is hilarious. And Robert De Niro, is he's always great. But this is a really good movie that's underrated, under the radar, needs to be watched. G-Man? Is it, is it, yeah. Are you into sleep already? Is this hit? This is hit. This is hit. This you is described it as sleeper. I'm just sorry. No, I'm I said it's confused. flown under the radar, but it's my hit. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. G Man. There was there's a few good movies going around in this year. I mean, there's always is. There's a couple we could have picked. I went with Young Guns. Choice, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Guns. Great. Good movie. choice. Yeah. Regulators. <laughs> Lou Diamond Phillips, Kiefer Sutherland, Charlie Sheen, Dermot Mulroney, All Star Ensemble cast, yeah. and just a cracking movie. Great soundtrack. What a hit that was! Good movie again. It's it's that it's that western that was aimed at the teenagers, yep. right? It, it came in at number twenty five. The year forty four, nearly forty five million dollars. Yeah, cracking movie. Yeah, it's a oh, great movie. And John Bon Jovi does the soundtrack to Young Guns too. Yep. Where where everyone thought, oh my god, Bon Jovi's disbanding. I was heartbroken, but no, nah, he was just no, doing just, the soul, just, bit of solo time. Just banged out a. A super, super uh, just solo one for it. Yeah, yeah. Banged, out a, banged out a hit. What about uh, you, Dan? What do you got for hit? I think we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago, but Colours, the Sean oh, Penn, Robert yes. Duvall bit. Because at this time, around 1988, 89, we used to watch that a lot too. Yeah. And Marvel at the hood in LA and what yeah. it must be like. <laughs> yes. And uh, probably used a lot of inappropriate comments from the movies uh, in, in our white boy uh, Badlands, Chroma, uh, Hood, ourselves with absolutely no cultural re- relevance whatsoever. But brilliant movie. Sean Penn is is uh, magnificent in that. And one I'm going to watch again soon because it uh, it was just so it, good and definitely a hit. I actually think that between the three of us, Colours would have been in the top five most watched movies. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I reckon between 88 and 93. I reckon that we watched that so much. Yeah. It was just an easy one you can put on. Robert Duvall just crushes it. Sean Penn is fuckwit. An <laughs> absolute wanker. To be honest, Morgs, that was my other one. I was toying between the two of them. So I'm glad nice. you brought that one up. Yeah. That's an early, early agree. I like it. Yeah, well done. <laughs> well done. Okay, 1988 Sleeper. Now, I've, I've gone deep. The Presidio. Yeah. Oh, good choice. Sean Connery, Mark Harmon, Meg Ryan. A San Francisco civilian police detective is forced to work on a series of murders with his former enemy commanding officer while dating his daughter. This is really, really good. It's, again, super underrated. Like, you can't find it anywhere now, the Presidio. No, I saw it maybe a year or two ago. Yeah. Was, I had it came on. I think it was just been on, and I just started watching it. It's a good movie. Good movie. And look, obviously used to uh, Sean Connery being James Bond, and that's really all I essentially really knew him as. Yeah, that's right. James Bond, really. But this is a cracker. He's great in it. Okay, uh, Sleeper Dan, what do you got? I'm going to say, and this I think this is not a sleeper to some of our friends, but to me it is. But Action Jackson, the yeah. Carl oh. Weathers vehicle. This is another one. We watched a lot of, and mm. I haven't seen for a, a long time, but a brutal cop who was assigned a case in which a crooked industrialist, Delafunde, Delaplane, sorry, Delaplane, <laughs> is involved. He tries to frame Jackson in his wife's murder, but Jackson smells his foul play. Yes. Awesome. 
a Joel Silver bit, so you know that there were mountains of rack involved. Yes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just a, just a, just a, a time capsule, I reckon. That nothing that, says is, no, nineteen eighty eight more than than Action Jackson. Is that Vanity? Is Vanity in that movie? Is she the girl? Yes, she oh, is. She yep. is. Yeah. She is. Yeah, yeah. Craig T. Nelson. Or, he yeah. plays Della yeah. Plain. Craig T. Nelson. Yeah. How good's he? And Sharon oh, Stone. Uh, before, yeah, early Sharon yeah, Stone. early Sharon Stone. Beautiful yeah. Sharon Stone. Yes. In mm. uh, in Action Jackson. Yeah, amazing. Worth uh, just a, just a, as I said, a time capsule. So look, it's brilliant. a it, that's that is a Sunny Payne go to Action Jackson. Loves it. Sunny, he likes to. I think he he likes to think he's a bit uh, Carl, Carl Weathers, <laughs> but he's not. He's not. Uh, G-Man. Do you, reckon, do you reckon that was just a movie, like a vehicle for Carl Weathers? Like, right, we're going to get you a, a movie. It's going to be Action Jackson. Well, because it, definitely off the back of uh, Predator. Yep. They're like, we're going to roll into this. Yeah. And it's like, Carl, what can we do? And he goes, you know what? I reckon, I've got this character. Yeah. His name's Jackson. And you know what he likes? He likes action. He likes action. And let's just do it. What should, what should <laughs> it we call writes it? itself. Yeah, it just writes itself. And that was it. Joel Silver said... <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> uh, oh man, G-Man, what's your sleeper for '88? I don't know how much of a sleeper we can call this, but this is something I never watched it when it first came out. I was a, oh, a year or two late to it, but it was Bull Durham, mate. One oh, of the yeah, great I'm, I'm, sports I'm movies. I'm big for Bull Durham. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What a great sports movie. What a great like Kevin Costner in his prime, Susan Sarandon, Tim Robbins. Yeah. What a great flick. Yeah. Uh, and I remember it came out, and I heard all the fanfare. I never got to watch it, and then I did. And then I was thinking, why didn't I go and see this earlier? Yeah, look, that what a great movie. is one of the great sports movies. Very close to being my hit for the year. Yeah. But I left it out. So good. Kevin Costner, uh, Tim Robbins are great as the pitcher and catcher. Yeah. And, yeah, so much fun. Hilarious. I mean, it was it was top 20 movies, too. That's why I sort of great say it's, not, um, you know, it's not it's not really a sleeper. But it's also not as – I guess it's not as – I guess in America it's probably a bit different. But in Australia, like The Natural was the baseball movie, yeah. right? So if you hadn't seen The Natural – then you hadn't seen a baseball movie, and then of course you've Major got, League. You got Major League, which is just after yeah. that. But, but yeah, I, I probably found I found Bull Durham after a lot of different baseball movies. Probably after Field of Dreams, yeah. after Major League, after The Natural. Bull Durham loved it. Yeah, great movie. Cost, great Costa movie. loved a sport movie, didn't he? He was that. He yeah. was yeah. A, a good-looking cinema athlete as well. He he could do it. Didn't look out of place. I'm not, but much um, different to Kenny Powers in uh, <laughs> Eastbound and Down, who can't throw a ball for shit, yeah. but uh, and yeah. look, does not look the part. But no, Costa definitely strikes us as quite athletic. In, in saying that, though, Kenny Powers is one of the great characters in television history. That's true. Awesome. I won't. I won't denigrate the no. uh, the wider show, but uh, no, definitely can't can't throw a baseball. You could have said, unlike Wesley Snipes, <laughs> very uh, which, true, <laughs> which is probably uh, a bit better. But okay, um, now speaking about sports movies, nineteen eighty eight, Dud, Caddyshack two, yeah, Dan Aykroyd. When a crust New Money Tycoon's membership application is turned down at a snooty country club, he retaliates by buying the club and turning it into a tacky amusement park. I remember my mum bought me this DVD, and it's a shit movie. Terrible. It's so bad. It It's one of those ones that really disappoints you because... The original's so good, and Mate. we love that. And w- that was quoted. It goes along the lines of shit sequels of this movie, right? Oh, just just another grab for cash. What yep. a shame. Terrible. Terrible. Okay, uh, G-Man, what do you got for Dud? 
Oh, speaking the lines of follow-up movies, my dud for the year was Police Academy 5, Assignment Miami Beach. <laughs> that's the fir- I think that's the first one without uh, uh, the lead guy. Steve Gutenberg. Steve Gutenberg. Yeah. I think Wait. that's the first one he's not in. Hooks is in it. Yeah. Um, Tackleberry's in it. Yeah. Bubba's in it. Bubba, is, is Hightower in it? Hightower. Yeah. Um, Bubba Zanetti. The, what's the, the blonde lady that was the... Uh, oh, the big tit yeah. bird. I don't yeah, know she's what She's in it. Was. Like, Commandant Lassard was in it. Like there are yeah. heaps that are in it, but it's just so gone beyond. No. Well, like, Gutenberg, Gutenberg flew the coop. He he was the glue. Yeah. Well, mate, once we got the citizens on patrol at, at number four, you knew it was bad, and then this came out. There's, <laughs> there was more after. I think there was a six as well. Mate, there's heaps. There's Crazy. heaps of them. Okay, Dan, finishes up with your dud for the year. Yeah, I see your Caddyshack too, and I raise you an Iron Eagle too, <laughs> which was which was only bettered itself by Iron Eagle three. But Iron Eagle, wow. I've got a soft spot for. It's that you know the kids are smarter than the adults. Yeah. Typical fair, um, you know, some 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 nice moments in there of exhilaration where the mighty US takes on the world and gets it. But this one, absolutely horrible. Uh, I. IMDb gave it a 3.8, and I think that was generous. It, uh, Louis Gossett Jr. came back, who I do like, and uh, and also Doug Masters, Jason's Gedrick, but yeah, a sequel that was not necessary, and uh, unfortunately, it was a one and done. That was Marie Kondo before Marie Kondo was a thing. Awful. Yeah. Well, like, let's be honest, though. Jason Jason Gedrick, he, he didn't have much in the way. He was going to die as Timmy. Oh, Timmy yeah. in backdraft. Backdraft. Timmy <laughs> oh, in backdraft. Yeah. yeah, he's annoying, and we want him to die. We want Make him to sure be backdrafted. That door, kid. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, please backdraft him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, thankfully he was backdrafted. But yeah, I, I gotta say that's. I think that's the first time the three of us have done three sequels as duds. I think that's uh, well done, and they're all shit too. Really Terrible. Were. No. It's- do uh, not watch. No. Well done, team. Let's move into a question time. Okay. How quickly do you get bored if you're the Prince of Zamunda? He seems to be bored. Uh, horribly bored. Yeah. He's sitting around doing the same thing every day. Yeah. Imagine just living there doing that. Your whole yeah, imagine 21. rooting different birds every day <laughs> and your cock cleaned oh, in the morning. The, the bath. It'd be the terrible. Bath. He was happy with the baths. Oh, was he though? He was just like he even looked bored in that. He said, well, he did the morning. <laughs> I quite like the bathing. <laughs> do, 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 do. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think is he spoilt, Brat? Is he spoilt? Or well, is it? Well, of course, but I, I, I think that the the character development. I, I think the wider question is the 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 use of this Zamunda, this African nation, as a completely different portrayal of Africa and Africans in yes. cinema. So I think I'd, I'd, I'd like to look a little bit more at this in film school for F-Wits this week because, yes, while it looks like he is just a, a dilettante, uh, dilettante with nothing to do and heaps of freight and his cock getting cleaned every morning by perfect salts, <laughs> uh, there's, there's, it's actually a very interesting choice by the uh, by the screenwriters. So let's, let's circle back on okay. that one. All right, let's do that. Okay, now surely... Is the line in the sand having personal bum wipers? <laughs> Do you not go, like, you've got a line 
and you got up to there where you've got your cock being cleaned in the bath every morning, but then on the other side of the line is someone wiping your ass. Is that the line you shouldn't cross? No, the, the line you shouldn't cross is if you were the Prince of Zamunda because then the wipers would have to front wipe you. And they would have to, they'd have to hold your todger and wipe your notcher onto your ball sack. So... Friends out no, there, you, you, fellow you, you, No, Daniel, Daniel, you've you, you don't understand, mate. You don't understand. You you finished before then. You folded and you've done. It's in the bowl. The poor old prince would get toxic shock in the first, <laughs> his first year of life, which I'm surprised you've survived for this many years. But I've got yeah, one of the kids, cleanest undercarriages you've ever known. Kids do not front wipe. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what it did do. It did give us one of the funniest one-liners. Wipers. Oh my god! But the look, oh. the look he gives him before that, like, oh my god, as if we're going to let you wipe your own ass, like, <laughs> yeah, <it's> fantastic, <laughs> most amusing, sir. Yeah, most yeah. amusing, sir. Wipers. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Okay, so there's no way on earth McDonald's is allowing McDale's to stay open, right? No, there is no, mate. They are sued to within an inch of their life. Is someone here to see you? Are they from McDonald's? <laughs> McDonald's gave permission for for the, this to be depicted in the film, which I think is a stroke of oh, genius. And that's I think, smart, man. Yeah, for and forward thinking for 1988. So no, I think they did very well. And when he he pulls out the actual McDonald's operations manual, oh there, my god, when someone bursts into his office, yeah, no, that yeah. was very smart. Well played, McDonald's marketing team. Uh, yeah. one, one of the, one of the better. Uses of your IP in films. They got the Big, Big Mac. Mac. We, we got, got the, the Big, Big Mac. Mac. It's the greatest. <laughs> we both got two all beef paddles, special <laughs> sauce, lettuce, and cheese. cheese. Pickled onions, but their bun has sesame seeds and ours doesn't. <laughs> so good. <laughs> oh, very, Brilliant. very funny. Finally, in the same situation, you're not knocking back Patrice, right? You're taking the easy one. Then you're going to move that to the side and have a crack at the old sister. I don't think he did knock her back. I uh, no, getting a tug job in the uh, <laughs> in the stands doesn't count. <laughs> no, he wasn't into it, was he? No, no, he was. He had eyes on one prize. Yeah, he was. He was straight after what's name? Lisa. Lisa. Yeah. Surely Patrice. Patrice is a good sort. Tell you what, Patrice made her way around. She wasn't. She, she wasn't. didn't mind. She was dishing it out. She wasn't waiting for her sister to say no. Nah, she was she was training for Daryl too at the end. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. She went she went from Herb well for from Well, she went from Akeem, Akeem to, to Semi to Daryl. To Daryl. Yeah. yeah. She didn't care. Perfect salts. So I I had my uh, my daughters were up last night when I started watching this and thankfully they they missed the whole royal penises clean your highness bit but then they sat down and they watched the original ceremony with his bequeathed wife betrothed wife and he i they had to go off to bed and i was like okay girls off to bed and so emily hopped down to bed going mm, mm, mm. <laughs> <laughs> so yes it wasn't quite a whitey letting his daughter watch the shining but uh, that wasn't wasn't my best parenting moment uh, she, all she said for the last two weeks is here's johnny <laughs> Okay, well done, uh, people. We've got uh, we got one. We're gonna we're gonna hold it back, but we've got one born to watch only fans. Now, before we get to there, I've made a cruel error of judgment by saying that one of our previous hosts of the podcast is a born to watch only fan member, Sloane Nixon. 
ex-host, uh, co-host of the Commando podcast, and will be coming back to the team to cover Shooter with us in the future. He's not an OnlyFans. He's a, he's a co-host. So, sorry, Sloan, but, you know, you keep lipping Damo. I don't know what to do, mate. He's actually a legit host. You're just a special guest. So, just chill the fuck out, brother. <laughs> Uh, okay, but only fans. We've got uh, one from the Badlands of Narrabeen. Oh. One, it's a bit of a retort here. We've got a, I think we've got a bit of a civil war going on here between the Badlands of Chroma and the not-so-Badlands of Narrabeen. When we, when we watch Colours, but that's what I thought Narrabeen was. Like, it was just <laughs> absolute anarchy yeah. in the streets and, you know, no glad rap on your sandwiches at Narrabeen High, which we've covered. <laughs> And just, you know, just a bit of a feral joint with feral people. So well, I think it's, that it's it's interesting that uh, the Narrabeen folk have reached out. It's funny that you mentioned the Glad Rap because it's a retort to that comment. This is from Eric Thunderlips Bitesa. Ah, uh, Quality fan, and we love having him along for the ride. Legend. Him and his Cooter Lines jumper. The only reason you were allowed to have condoms at Chroma High was so the teachers could confiscate them and use them on the students. (laughs) Gets better. Wasn't there a fuck closet at your school that teachers would take students to? Look, I think, Eric, uh, yes, uh, a couple things. Uh, You're probably right. Uh, Yes, a lot of this happened before we got there. But that's not to say that some stuff didn't happen while we were there. Morgs might know more about the closet. Yeah, Morgs definitely knew about a closet or two. <laughs> but uh, but yes, thank you, Eric. I appreciate you listening and keep them coming. You are uh, as as the teachers at uh, Cromer High did. Uh, okay, so we shall move on to. <laughs> The good, the bad, and the ugly. We're going to start with Dan up on the land. What do you got for good, mate? Yeah, so, so Rick Baker was the makeup artist for this for this film, and he's responsible for all of the amazing transformations that you see Eddie Murphy and his four characters and Arsenio Hall's characters. And th- there's one in particular that Eddie Murphy was unsure of, and it's the, the Jewish old dude character that's in Mighty Sharp. And he, he just didn't think it was going to work. So he he, uh, he he was like, to John Landis, the director, he said, look, I, I can't, this, this is, I'm an uh, African-American actor. There's no way this is going to work. But John Landis and Rick Baker said, no, no, this is, this is going to be a treat. And so they actually dressed him up in that outfit and had him drive onto the lot at the studio one day. And he spent the day walking around in character and and uh, and flirting with the secretaries and everyone else that was on set. And he was an absolute hit. And he got the voice absolutely down pat. And of course, then it, it featured in the uh, in the movie itself. But I think that 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 particular costume, I I been because I knew that he was, but I was watching it last night. Going, Are you sure to look at his teeth and yeah. try to ascertain whether it was him? But no, it definitely was him. So. Eddie Murphy for all these characters and and uh, the the director John Landis and, and Rick Baker the makeup specialist for creating that and what I guess allowed Eddie to have uh, the Akeem character 
which was he had to stick within the, the, the parameters of what that character needed to be and couldn't really branch out and do all his Eddieisms. But then the other characters in the film allowed him to really tap into that Eddie Murphy talent for comedy and, and to just go ham and dial it up to 11 out of 10. So, yeah, well done. But specifically, that particular character in Mighty Sharp was brilliant. Morgs, I heard a little bit more about that, that, you know, they sent him onto the lot and he did that. And then in the end, he was talking in his own voice and saying to people, I'm Eddie Murphy. And people wouldn't believe him because, you see, because they wouldn't, they wouldn't, they couldn't see it. Right? Oh, it's, see it. it's a very, very special piece of, uh, piece, piece of makeup there. So, and, and I, he was the master at the time. He did the, he did a lot of the thriller stuff with John Landis, all the, the costuming from that. Yeah. He was known as yeah. the, the makeup effects weapon the king. of the time. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, that was, that was the good for me. Yeah. Okay. G-Man. Similar on those lines, I had Eddie Murphy at his absolute best. I mean, we, we touched on it earlier as well. Just being able to do those multiple characters, as Morg said, being able to, that gave him the opportunity to branch out and use you know more of his talent. But Arsenio Hall was really good with some of his too. I mean, that um, you know, I remember first watching that movie and then and then looking and then when they say at the end, you know, this is Arsenio Hall, this is Eddie Murphy, and you don't realise, you're yes. like, oh my god, I can't believe that. Is it that good? Well. That's great yeah. at the end, yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. But uh, yeah, I thought the two of them were were so brilliant being able to do that throughout the movie. The other one I had was um, Cleo's hamburger phone in the office. <laughs> I noticed that. Okay, I noticed great. that too. That was excellent. That <laughs> hamburger phone. I, now, I never I, – I'm trying to remember. I don't think we've had a hamburger phone, but I'm pretty sure we had the hamburger radio from McDonald's. Do you remember they had nice. those out and they had the dial in the side and you could get the stations in? We used to have one of those in our house. It was terrible radio, but, geez, it looked good. <laughs> That's all that matters. Yeah. Uh, okay, look, I'll just pile on the barbershop, Mighty Sharp. It's the highlight of the whole movie. Oh, yeah. so Every good. scene in there, like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Who's, <laughs> Who's next? <laughs> like, the whole talk about Cassius Clay. Every time we talk about it, you got to bring a Rekka Marciana. Like, it is, it is so, that whole thing is hilarious. And Cuba Gooding Jr. sitting in the chair getting his hair cut, yeah. which is a nice little uh, cameo there. Well, not really well, cameo. Movie debut. Movie, yeah, movie debut. Uh, but, yeah, Mighty Sharp, by far and away, the best part of the movie. Uh, I'm going to talk about the start. I think the start is incredible. And I'm going to walk you through the start. So we see the start. He gets woken up by a live band in his bedroom. Yeah. Then someone puts his slippers on. Then someone puts his robe on. Then someone opens the door. Who then, then someone opens the toilet door. Then the wipers. Then the bath where he's bored getting his dick washed. Then getting his teeth brushed. Then getting mouthwash poured in his mouth. Then getting gargled by someone. Then someone wiping his mouth. Then someone dressing him. This is the height of opulence right here. And we know sort of what we're dealing with within the first five minutes. And every part of that is fucking hilarious. Like when it's like, oh, it's so very funny. Wipers and, you know, the royal penis is clean, so like It is all hilarious. The sigh he does in the bath before she rises out of the water yeah. is <laughs> next level good. It's like... It's almost like he's he's ex, he's expelled. Yeah, it's like that was it. You know, but it's every day, and I get bored of this. And then there's the other girl just standing by the edge of the yeah, pool, just naked. standing there with the salt. He's looking there, at her. He's, he's got just... perfect salt. It's a saltathon. <laughs> it's uh oh mate, it's just so funny. Uh, I've got like you, Gow, that the Hakeem and Semi dynamic. Even though uh, Semi gets a little bit annoying towards the end, yes, uh, their dynamic is great. 
and uh, Sim is meant to. I mean, that that's absolutely. Point, so absolutely. No, I think Arsenio Hall does a brilliant job. Yeah, he's got zero character arc, whereas Akeem's having all the character arc, right? Yeah. Uh, I love Frankie Faison at the yep. start when they first go to the unit block. He's like, "You fucking rents, Jew!" <laughs> like he is so good. <laughs> He is so good. Uh, I, I fa- he's, he's a highlight. Don't put that falling down the stairs oh, shit oh on me. God. And then he just farts on the stairs and then goes back shit. to sleep. <laughs> yeah, it, it's very, very funny. Uh, the, the speed dating in the nightclub, where yeah. it, it's, it goes all through all the different women. You know, man's got to go more than an hour and a half to get me off. <laughs> and, then it's, and then finally, it's the Morgs lookalike with, if Morgs is a woman, and it's Arsenio Hall with the, blow, the flowing locks. And it's, uh, you know, I'm going to eat you up. Tear you apart. Oh. Tear you apart. And your friend too. <laughs> I remember we dressed up in uh, female garb for our Bucks days, Gal and I. And yes, I was a particularly ugly woman. So yes, I do yes. tend to agree. That's a good call. Black awareness pageant <laughs> is next level funny. So <laughs> Reverend Brown is so fucking funny. And it is... The people in the in the uh, in the audience like yeah, hallelujah and amen. Can I get amen? <laughs> the people. Oh. oh mate, I was crying watching that again. And then when he introduces Randy Johnson and he sings, uh, you know, the greatest love of all, and he does the first original mic drop, yeah. points <laughs> to the crowd, and then points to the side, and then walks off. I'd it's forgotten be about first, that part. First mic drop. First mic drop. Right. In, that's in that's the start history. of mic drop, right? Yeah. That's the first. That's it. I love it when they go. Here comes Randy. Randy Johnson. And then Randy, Randy Watson. Watson. Randy Watson. Randy, Randy Watson. Watson. And then there's like, there's like three people clap. There's like, yeah. <laughs> And they, 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 they introduce him, you might know him from, you know, he's Timmy from blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, fucking hell. Yeah, that boy's good. Yeah, damn, that boy's good. <laughs> from the Police uh, for John episode of How's Your Mama? I, something, like that. <laughs> something like that, yeah. I loved uh-huh. it how um, Daryl just gets the, the plate and then just passes it on. Oh, just mate. Looks and goes, no. Daryl's a scumbag, mate. It's great. Absolute scumbag. And, of course, we've spoken about it, but Soul Glow. Everything to do with Soul oh, Glow wow. is hilarious. It's a quality product. And it's just, it's just such a. Everything about it is the best. I just wish that they had, had it on as music in his car when he turned his car off. But anyway, back sorry back to the back to the Reverend quickly. I just I remember thinking last night how much of that was written on the page and how much Arsenio came up with that character because I I'm with you. I think it was just absolutely fantastic. And that whole scene, the way it burst, it was like yeah. no, that's just comedic. Genius. That's, that's uh, you can't uh, that, you can't write that. That that's that's ad libbed. That's one hundred percent ad libbed. That and like he's crushing it. And yeah. just the look, the look when he, he he's he's so fucking funny. Like and he doesn't. He's that's the one character he actually doesn't look like him. That's the, I reckon that's the one where I was like. I know that's Arsenio Hall, but yeah, I, but I was looking no, through his no. teeth. I was looking for the the yeah. giveaway, but I'm like that the is get, so well get done. Choppers, no, did, yeah, did very well to hide yeah. hide Gow's teeth. Okay, let's let's get on to the bad. Daniel, hit it. Two I have. So Madge Sinclair, who is James Old Jones's wife, the Queen. Yes. She yes. is our age during the filming of this movie. That is my first bad. She's 48, uh, 49. For 49 during the, wow. when this She's is filmed. Stunning. Yeah. 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 Beautiful. You know, I've, I like a bit of Angela Bassett and I do like Madge Sinclair. Yes. Um, yeah. Sadly, passed away at 57, uh, but reunited with James L. Jones for The Lion King as yes. Mustafa's Queen. Yes. 
Yes. But uh, yeah, I was a little shocked to believe that wow. the, the, the actor playing the queen was my age. That sucks. Um, and then I also <laughs> had for bad Shari Headley. She's a bad actor. She's bad. Yeah. Uh, you know when I noticed it? I noticed it when Akeem is doing the, uh, when you first meet her and Akeem's doing the laps with the broom or yeah. the mop. And then he goes, you know, I I'm Akeem. And she's like, it's like they've had to, do, you can tell there's distinct cuts because they've had to do <laughs> 20 takes for her to get her line right. She's awful. She yeah, she's is. I've, I've never noticed the it end, before. The nah, she, she does. No time the in. Oh, She's, oh, it's horrible. like she, I mean, she's a, obviously a beautiful, beautiful woman, but just horrible actor. Horror, that is yeah. why she featured in about three telly movies and Goosebumps yeah. 3 because she's not very good. Be great actor. Yeah, I agree with that. Well, good call. Uh, G Man? Um, when they go, is it the basketball game they go to? Yes. Yes. When they go to that game, did you notice what Daryl was wearing? I've got Daryl at the basketball game, just in general. I've got an ugly Daryl's jacket at the basketball. That's it horrible. was a brown and cream woolen type Mate. long top with a red chest bit and a red hood with tassels. Mate, it was a it was a Native American Indian. It was from The Shining. It was from the Overlook Hotel. <laughs> but he had the red gloves to match. Mate, like, he was he was oh, everything was about Daryl's shit. That's that scene was just was the good turning was the turning point yeah. to see how bad he was. Yes. Like. What sports do they play in Africa? Yeah. Chase the monkey. You're like, holy shit. Yeah. That, all of the entire, that, I do remember that jacket as well. But a lot of what Akeem wears when he comes to America and goes out on his dates with Lisa, I've seen Anthony Bernard Meehan wear as well. Like those, <laughs> oh, yeah. Those sweaters into the yeah. acid wash jeans, into the terrible yeah. leather shoe on the meat yeah. feet. He, he's definitely some run late that. 80s, some yeah. late 80s yeah. fashion. There. Definitely yeah. gone deep into Derry's yeah. closet for those ones. He had a similar hairdo to that as well. Yes, he did. Yeah, he did he had quite the quaff do. He had a tight, a tight pubic tight mullet, tight pubic curl. <laughs> okay, you done, G man? Done. Okay, I've got uh, for bad arranged marriages. I think no, thank you. I want to have some say. Uh, I've got semi becomes a pain, a pain in the ass. He just and I get that he's got to. He's very Dan. Now, this is, I think, where the birth of you became, Dan, about, oh, hello, good morning, Queen. Your skin is looking so radiant. Like, that's what you were like with our mums, right? And we've already talked about the top of tea, right? Yes. We've already talked about that. And But this is where, I think, this is where it was born. I think seeing this movie, you would take the piss out of our parents I by going, you, you look, I, you look really beautiful sure. this morning, Mrs. White. I reckon this is where it originated, too. I, reckon I think it I did. Was just, yeah, I was just running the semi, just for the, obviously, yeah. for, the, for the laughs. Yeah. But uh, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely, I did take it too far, which is completely unlike me. <laughs> you were running a semi. <laughs> oh, oh, what? With his mum? Yeah, well, was hitting Gee, his left Marty, leg. It was, yeah, it was the mid eighties. It, it didn't take much. Yeah, I got it. Okay, <laughs> so I've got to say, it's long. It's a little long. It could have been ten or fifteen minutes shorter. It's a, it's a bit apatow. When they start to fluff out the whole. Will they? Won't they? I think there's some stuff there that can be chopped out. I think That's it's just a little. I, no, I didn't think so. I thought it was a, a pretty taut two hours. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, hour fifty six. I thought one forty five. Yeah. One forty five okay. would have okay. done me. Yeah. I think there's a bit like yeah. I just think there's it just it does drag a bit. But yeah, look, I get it. I've got obviously Daryl at the basketball game. What a scumbag! Chase the monkey. He's just a dickhead. And then my last one, I got 
fuck, lines at the toilets. That Those yeah. lines at the toilets, that's female toilet lines. Yeah, imagine what the like, female one must have looked like. Yeah, that's but, like, seriously, p- guys are pissing in the... You've got to be pissing in the basins and all that kind of stuff with lines like that. Just piss wherever you can. That was ridiculous. Yeah. It made me think of a... I had a very bad experience uh, at an AFL game at Stadium Australia. And I was out for work on a client with some clients. I just started a new job. wasn't feeling very well in the stomach. But I still had to go because it was a new job. I'd only been there for about a month. And there was a lot of people in the toilets. And I had a massive DEF gone... Uh, I, I was very lucky. I was very, very lucky not to do a plims at Stadium Australia. And I had to go to six different toilets. And I don't know how I got there. I don't know how I keep it clenched. I got there. I had to go back two or three times. Wow, and this, this is the dreaded Hassel Park night where on the way home, I couldn't make it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those lines actually gave me PTSD. If it, the lines were that oh, long. Oh, mate. It's a basketball game. There would have been 12,000 people there. How many Villies pies are we talking despite your stomach issues? Look, I did have one Villies pie uh, because I had to because you can't you can't not have a Villies because they're quality. So I had one Villies pie. I had one beer because I was with clients and it was a massive mistake. It was like at halftime, I'm like, holy shit. Like I've gone from DEFCON 1 to 4 and it was panic stations. Yeah, anyway, awful. It was not fun, uh, and we can. Well, on that note, we can slide into the ugly, and uh, we'll go with you, G Man. What do you got for ugly? Oh, look, you're saying the movie dragged on a little bit. I had the ending. It just wrapped up. Yeah, just wrapped up so quickly. Yeah, from the point of her walking out of the train station. So he doesn't know who he's married. He's getting married to. So all this planning's gone on, and then well, she just turns up and unlifts the veil. Yes. Yeah. And that's the thing. But the whole movie dragged on. All that stuff in the dad's house, all that running yeah. around, and then all. You know, she walks up the train and says, no, it won't work. And the next thing, five minutes later, the movie's ended with them happily married, yeah. living in Zamunda. Yeah. So I just thought that after all that two hours of time, it just really, yeah. And and all the setup, all of that. that yeah, they could have uh, they could have put a bit more on that and less on the lead up to that, I think. Yeah, it, it didn't strike me when I first watched the movie, but it definitely did this time. That just sort of, they had to, they had to sort of. Well, you've got to also nitpick a bit, right? So I yeah. think we're, we are nitpicking. There's no doubt. Is that it? Yep. Uh, Daniel, what, you, what have you got for ugly? I know it, we we weren't allowed to say his name like Voldemort, but coming to America, I mean, what an absolute travesty. Oh, so with this film, it, without jumping the gun and uh, premier, uh, pre- 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 adulating prematurely, it's obvious that we're fond of this movie, but the disappointment I had when I tried to get, I don't think I made it 20 minutes into that flick and it was just awful. Yeah. And I, I you know, the, the studios often want to rehash IP because they know it made a shit ton of money for them back in the day. So they know that there's a nostalgic audience for them straight away. And it's something I talk to my industry peers a lot when we're just kicking around ideas. But this particular use of the coming to, to America IP was just, I don't know anyone that's managed to, see it through from start to finish it was just an abomination and and really sullied what was uh, a, a a cultural film for us that stayed with us for, for so long basically up until that one was released on amazon shocking shocking movie Brilliant. 22 minutes i made that was it yeah okay did you did you give that a look no no not to be looked no. at no got the heard <laughs> it was bad heard the reviews and didn't bother going anywhere near it 
No. Awful and won't be, won't be trying to look no, at it. No, do not. And they've, made, they've went to such an effort. They got pretty much all of the actors yeah. that they could who were still with us. And even that, like seeing the scenes of, of basically where they, they were recreating a lot of those uh, those moments and those sets, but it was it just was such a bum note and, uh, and yeah, really, really disappointing. Yep, absolutely. Okay, my ugly, public, and we've had this before, had this in Wedding Crushes. Public engagement announcements. Yes. It really pisses me off. <laughs> it really does. How can they stand there and think that she's just going to go, yeah, that's great. Thanks for thanks for doing that for me. Mate, I, it, it it's a trope. Yeah. Surely it's never happened. It's it's really bad. It's, it's an awkward scene, that whole scene. Oh, mate, come on, Daryl. You're better than that. You're better than that, Daryl. D-bag. Okay, well done, gentlemen. It's time for Dan's Quickfire. Yes, fellow F-Fits, let's get through Quickfire this week in a quick manner. Starting off, we touched on Lookalike before. Whitey has already blown his load and <laughs> said that I look like the uh, Arsenio Hall portrayal of a lady in the nightclub. Fair play to him. I have both the shit hair and the long face of that particular uh, makeup. So, yes, I'll cop that. Anyone else that you're reminded, were you reminded of other people that aren't me that are lookalikes, which is the reason for this particular part of this particular segment? We have changed. This is now called Morgs Alike. Yeah. So, uh... Well, no, I, I, think, do I don't know if there's anyone really in the movie that's a morgues alike to me. Nah, apart there's from, apart from apart, apart from, from the tear up. Apart from apart from um Transio Hall. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That was pretty scary. Okay, we'll move on then. Uh wax on, wax off for a scene that's passed into popular culture. Now, for us, many scenes and many, many quotes have passed on into popular culture. Do you think it is it is as widespread or are we just unique in loving this film and using it so often in, in our quotes between ourselves and our friends? I think I think the box office would say that it was very popular and that it's that it's been embraced by pop culture, but I don't think probably to the extent that maybe we did. Because no. I reckon there's 25 quotes in this movie that we would have used. Well, the, but you always hear people referring to sexual chocolate. Of like course, oh, for sure. Sexual, sexual the royal chocolate. penis is clean, yeah. sexual yeah. chocolate, pop Wipers. up. Wipers. So, so wipers! Yeah. Uh, definitely. No, I, I agree. I think there are many, many examples of this scenes from this film passing over into popular culture. Let's not dive too deep into them. Yep. Uh, Philip Stuckey in Pretty Woman, Jason Alexander's douchebag character. What, who was the biggest douchebag? I mean, look, obviously Eric DeSalle is the obvious choice, but anyone else there that suffered from douchebaggery, semi? Uh, Cleo's a bit of a dick. Yeah. I think the dad's a bit of a dick, and yeah. as soon as he finds out that they're rich, he's all over it. Yeah. Uh, Although he does, he do, I thought that too, but then he does come back when he starts to, when James Earl Jones starts to insult his daughter, he turns it back around and goes, no, He does. And that. he's always, yeah. I feel so like he's always the, got his daughter's interest at heart. So yeah. he wants her not to struggle. So I, I, he gets a pass from me. Yeah, I got that because when he said, you know, we grew up with eight people in a room, not much bigger than this, that he didn't want her to have to go but back she, to someone that didn't have money because he grew up like that. But she's heir to the McDowell fortune. <laughs> yeah. One <laughs> restaurant. <laughs> Good O. Uh, the cast of Caddyshack for an actor or entire cast who aren't quite sure what movie they're in and freestyle a lot. I mean, everyone seems to be 
fairly, fairly aligned with with how they play this up and get the tone of the movie. Was there anything that was jarring? The only one for me was the callback to Trading Places with the Duke brothers. I didn't like it. It's a yes, it's a reference. I, I mean, Trading Places is not a big movie for me, so I was aware of the reference, but it got a lot of screen time that possibly wasn't wasn't necessary. What did you guys feel? It felt like a bit of a wank for John Landis. For me, but I felt like it did feel like a bit of a wank, and I think it's a bit of it's one of those ones where it's just an in joke. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Where it's like uh, Eddie's been in a movie with this is this is it. Let's do this. They're still on the streets. You know, it's yeah. Look, yeah, it didn't need to be in the movie to be honest. No, but to be totally, I think it it probably sat well. So that it did it wasn't wasn't an outlier in that respect. But no, everyone else, I don't think there was really anyone that that didn't get what they were in. There was I did notice with the petal throwers, whilst they were (laughs) non speaking dialogue, when they were told when when the king says that that there will be no more roses thrown at uh, my son's feet. There was one that was massively overacting as she was yes. backing out. So yes, I think yes. that she she probably didn't get it, but that's been very picky. Yep. Uh, next one, Olivia Newton-John's Rest in Peace, beautiful Olivia, for her cartwheel at the Pep Rally in Greece, which is a particularly horrendous show of athletic prowess. Was there anything in this film that was also poorly executed? Uh, look, one thing, and I and I'm getting a little bit uh, picky here, but when Hakeem sits on the swing, if he was to attempt to swing, <laughs> he's going to damage himself. Yes. So I'm thinking, yep, yeah, I, I can. It's more of look into the future, but mate, you can't sit on a swing like that, mate. You can't. It's You're like, going to hurt yourself. It's like a minority report sitting on yeah. the swing. Oh, that's it. The, the the ball's come down and gone, Hakeem's going to break his leg. Like, he just, you can't sit like that on a swing. You've got to roll, you've got to roll with the swing. Excellent. Subtle, subtle pickup. Love it. I think that Samuel L. Jackson wasn't much chop for a guy with a shotgun <laughs> facing a guy with a, with a mop stick in his hand. Yeah. He, he didn't really have too much to give. He possessed meager skills. <laughs> he didn't possess very, and, and to be fair, so did Daryl, but, you know, he had his, he was holding his coffee, so. Yeah, Daryl, what a worker. <laughs> Daryl, Dar- I got to. I, I, my feeling is Daryl is right up there. Just he's next level down. He's one level down. He's under Jason Alexander. Yeah, he's for he's biggest dicks that we've had. For biggest dicks that we've had. Good o. Okay, no, I like like that answer. Uh, robot sentries for an additional scene that the director could have thrown in there for us, which tells us a little bit more about the actors and what predicament, or a little bit more about the story, a la our favourite aliens when we find out what shit the Space Marines are at. Uh, was there an, was there anything else you wanted to know about this, guys? No, not me. I think it's pretty well covered in the movie. You get the gist of the story pretty well. <laughs> Nothing missing there. I'm good. Agreed, agreed. Yep. Last and not least, Whitey's Brad Pitt for the actor you'd most like to have skyrockets in flight. Afternoon delight. Afternoon delight. I thought we might have some three-part harmony on the end of that, so we didn't get that one. We might sing out with that one. It sounds good. All right. So, yes, anyone that uh, particularly took your fancy. You go, G, because I've got a few. I I thought Shari Headley was quite good looking. Yeah. Pretty, really pretty. Very pretty. Very very pretty pretty girl. Not not sure about Patrice, but yeah, definitely Shari Headley. Mm. Okay. I'm... I'm all over Patrice. Yeah, yeah. You've definitely on- got a thing for the 
for the I'm, for the kooky sister. Yeah, I'm Team Patrice. She just can't dance in front of me, right? <laughs> but if I can't, if we if we're going not main cast, then the lady in waiting. So the girl that stands next to Oha in the in the royal lady in waiting with the yes, headband yes, and stuff yes. and the sort of the that. And then if we're going next tier down, I'm going the fluoro pink bikini girl in the pageant who's in the middle yes, that you yep, stand yep. behind and you can – she's like a 50 out of 10. <laughs> I couldn't – you can't really get to really see her very closely, but she got she got the curves where they're supposed to be the curves. <laughs> she got the titties that go pow. <laughs> excellent, excellent analysis. I'd, I'd also like to throw in there Mad Sinclair just because – Oh, yeah, uh, for sure. I lo- she teaches like a, a few things, of, I reckon. I like a bit of uh, older African-American myself. So, excellent. Yeah. Well played, everyone. That is quick fire. Uh, you've got very particular... Um, particular, particular set, set of... of <laughs> 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 uh, Listen to this. G-Man, take it away. Okay. couple here for you. <laughs> we talked about trading places. There was going to be a point where Paul Gleason was going to be asked to reprise his role of Clarence Beaks okay. from Trading Places into the movie. I don't know how they would have got it in, but in the end, it it, uh, it got. Uh, he, sorry, he had to turn it down because he was committed to Die Hard. Well, it's so a, he it, couldn't do that. It's a shame that Jamie Lee Curtis didn't reprise yeah. her but role yes. from Trading Places. Incredible. Um, the bit where Cleo falls over when he runs up the stairs, that was a mistake. Okay. Like, they didn't mean him to trip, but they, it was obviously so funny. Oh, I wondered, he, I wondered he managed... about that. Yeah, that's because I thought, geez, that's either brilliant acting or he's just balls that up completely. No, so I'm he glad balls it here. up completely yeah. And, yeah. Then, and then he just ran with it and ran out and they thought it was too funny. <laughs> We've got to leave it in because it kind of suits that scene so Oh, it's perfectly. perfect. It's perfect, yeah. Yeah. Um, Sidney Poitier was originally considered for the role, James L. Jones role of King Jaffe Jaffer. And Vanessa yeah, Williams was considered that. for the role of Lisa McDowell. Okay, in the future... Can you please refer to him as Sydney Poitier? Poitier. What? Poitier. Poitier. What about? I got one. I got one. Wait, wait he, before you go on. Before we were kid, when we were kids, the playboy of Vanessa Williams. Oh yeah. That, oh mm. my goodness! What a stunning, stunning woman she was. Someday the sun goes down in June. <laughs> <laughs> You went and saved the best for last. last. <laughs> Terrible in a razor. Yeah. Terrible in a razor. Terrible movie. What about the uh, most of the dance performed by the royal dancers before presenting Prince Akeem's Queen to Be is a high tempo rendition of Michael Jackson's Thriller? Ooh. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot of similar moves in there. Yeah. Well, so they've just it's turned very, it up. Where that comes in, that's full on that dance, isn't it? Yeah. They're going crazy. It's full on. So Paul Abdul yeah. was involved in that too, I believe. She was, yeah, she was chore- yeah. She choreographed part yeah, of it. I think she, she was involved she, in it, yeah. She took two steps forward, but then took two steps back. Yeah. I remember that. We was stick together because opposites attracted. You know. You know. Okay. <laughs> Just a natural fact. So John Amos uh, had a huge affinity and and relationship with McDonald's, having worked there. 
as uh, it was his uh, in the first ever McDonald's restaurant in Canada, and he also starred in a famous ad in a McDonald's commercial in 1971 called "Grab a Bucket and Mop." And the scene where Cleo stares at Akeem trying to mop is an in joke in reference yeah, to the commercial. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How good! That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Very deep. And what about what about uh, when the barbers call Hakeem Kunta Kinte? John Amos actually played the adult Kunta Kinte in Roots. Yep. Yeah. Oh, Very Roots. Funny. Very harsh. Hard watch. Hard watch. Yeah. Uh, what about so in? Uh, Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall revealed in 2021 that Louis Anderson, the only white person in the whole cast yeah. in the McDonald's, you know, pretty soon we'll make a system manager. Uh, the studio said they need you need to put him in. You need to put a white comic in. Really? And they, so they were like, oh, really? Okay. Uh, so they didn't uh, – they also gave him a couple other options, but they chose him, but they said there needs to be a white comedian appear in the movie. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, so there we go. Any more, G-Man? Quick one. When uh, when King Jaffa Jaffer comes to the house and, and he's yeah. trying to get Akeem, and he says to him, do not alert him to my presence. I will deal with him myself. That's direct from Star Wars. Yeah, what's, and it's yeah. just the in-joke. Yeah, it's a riff on the uh, I shall deal with him myself yes, when Luke yeah, comes yeah. to Endor. Yes, that's right. Yep. So what about Eddie Murphy's demands included $1,500 a week for his personal trainer, around-the-clock chauffeur service, a valet, and a thousand dollars a week for his brother to appear as his stand-in. <laughs> just getting your brother some cash. Oh Here mate. You, mate, his brother looks exactly like him. Charlie, Charlie. Yeah, yeah. And you know the song that they walk into the nightclub in. Uh, I don't forget. It's I got it or whatever. And they walk into the nightclub. Yeah. Actually, Eddie Murphy. That's on his. That's on. I like to party. He was singing all the time. it. He was singing it. I think. Yeah, was... he sang it. It was him singing in the background. It's so funny. Oh, uh, awful. Yeah. yeah. They also tried. They filmed a pilot for a TV show after this, but it got cancelled because it was terrible. Yeah, yeah. No, they I couldn't see it being stretched into TV land, especially one of those twenty-two ep seasons that they were fond yeah. of back then. No, 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 no. Mate, they made they made a great movie. It was awesome, funny. You got to yeah. leave it there. Yeah. Yeah. Alan yeah. Thicke could have done the theme oh. for it, though. So. <laughs> Our senior would have got him in for yeah. sure, for sure. You must be out of your goddamn mind. Joe Lewis, the greatest boxer ever lived. I'll be with you boys in a minute. He was bad in Captain Clay. He bad in Sugar Ray. He bad in that. Who that? You, the new boy here. Mike, Mike Tyson looked like a bulldog. He bad in him too. He whipped Mike Tyson there. He whipped all their asses. Let's move into what could be the biggest quotables section ever. Uh, we'll start with you, G. What do you got? You know, you just alluded to it. There's so many, right? We'll go through them all. But mine was, <laughs> mine was going to be Maurice in the shore. Hey, I started out mopping the floor just like you guys. But now, I'm washing lettuce. Soon I'll be on fries. Then the grill. Pretty soon I'll make assistant manager. And that's when the big bucks start rolling in. My, i, I got to say, I reckon that is still gets used today. Yep. Yeah, pretty soon you make assistant manager. I, say it I said it to my time. son. When my son got a job at Macca's, I go, mate, pretty soon you make assistant manager. Like, I say it, I reckon I would say it five times a year. I think any time anyone talks about their job, yeah, that, that yeah, I got a, I got a, yeah, I got a promotion. Anytime. Yeah, pretty soon you make assistant manager. Yeah, very funny. There are so many. Um, I, I just, I won't go to the whole, the whole. I mean, that whole thing you talked about in Mighty Sharp. Yes. They go to the bottom. Oh I go to the whole thing, God. Is Mama called him Clay? I'm a call him Clay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, everything that gets said in Mighty Sharp is incredibly funny. Yeah. And perfect. 
I like this is a bit more of a, 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 a bit of an understated one. Lisa says to him, uh, they're just about to kiss. Lisa and Karen are about to kiss. And she goes, what about Patrice? And he goes, I am not interested in Patrice. And she goes, what about Daryl? He goes, I am not interested in Daryl either. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> uh, yeah. And what, yeah. About, what about after they come home from the nightclub? And this is the first time, this is again, the first time I've heard it. After he comes from the nightclub, the, the terrible night trying to pick up chicks. And, he, and, he, and Akeem says to Semi, is it my imagination or does every woman in New York have severe emotional problems? <laughs> So funny. The yes, yes, fuck you too. It's there are so many. It's thick and fast there for a while. Yeah, one you spell fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Excellent writing, well delivered. No, the 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 screen, the 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 screenwriters have done a brilliant job. Yeah, interface gets used a lot too. Interface, interface. Oh my god, (laughs) that was interface. Yeah, it's very funny. I wouldn't have stood up. <laughs> he had the jacket out pretty quick. Did have the jacket out? Well, that Patrice, she was a piece of work. Yeah, yeah. She was a goer. She was a piece of work. Goer. She was a goer. Eh? She might have been Canadian. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Anything, Daniel? I'm sure it's a no. Uh I just. Okay, it's a long one, but I just love the he did not bit in Mighty Sharp. So you know, sweet. I met Doctor Martin Luther King once. <laughs> you lying. You ain't never met Dr. Martin Luther King. Yeah, I met Dr. Martin Luther King in 1962 in Memphis, Tennessee. I walked down the street, mind my own business, just walking on, feeling good, walk around the corner, man, walk up to me, hit me, he rocked my chest. I fall on the ground, right, look up, and it's Dr. Martin Luther King. I said, Dr. King. And he said, oops, I thought you were somebody else. Oh, man, you lying. You ain't never met Martin Luther the King. Knocked the wind right out of me. Yes, he did. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. No, he did not. Oh. And that's his mate. That's his childhood mate that plays that plays Clarence. Uh, sorry, oh, that plays Clint Sweets. Smith. Yeah, mate. yeah. Clint Smith mate. is a mate of Eddie's. From he just put him in the movie, and they did that gold. And that boy's good. That boy's mate, good. He's got some killer scenes. You've never met Martin Luther the King. <laughs> that was I was watching that this like last uh, night, and I lost it at that. Oh, Martin Luther the King, the best, Fuck the yeah. best. Oh. Joe Lewis, 137 years old. <laughs> I rang up and asked him, how old's Joe Lewis? <laughs> yeah, very funny. Very funny. Okay, well done. Cruising through here. At one degree of Kurt Russell. I've got it. Oh, Again, it? we're doubling up. I actually didn't need to delete last week's because it is Samuel L. Jackson for oh, the yes. hateful eight. Of course. Of course. Well done. Well done. Film school for F-wits. Take it away. Yes. Daniel. So this, I, I, I pondered when I was watching it this time, is there more to coming to America than we thought? Because we've been watching it for 35 years and we've seen it over 40 times and we've pissed ourselves laughing and really enjoy it. But there's a lot of really interesting choices in the, the screenplay and the way that certain cultures are depicted. So one of the is the portrayal of African culture. So bear with me, Fwitz, but the it, it offers a really refreshing and positive depiction of African culture, which we just don't see a lot in film. So the film introduces us to, to Zamunda, which is obviously a fictional country, but its opulence and uh, tradition coexist there. And it, it serves as a really vibrant canvas for showcasing the richness of African heritage. It really subverts that prevailing stereotypes of 
poverty and underdeveloped that we're normally fed when when Africa is shown on screen. So Zamunda's it's an essential departure from the limited and really often inaccurate representation of Africa in, in mainstream Hollywood films. And it really takes care of the film to infuse the narrative of, with African traditions and customs uh, from the, the royal ceremonies we see to the real vibrant fashion that, it, that is a mainstay of African culture. So the language, rituals and clothing choices reflect the diversity of African culture and really illustrates that that whole continent is uh, it's not a monolith, but a real tapestry of diverse and, and varied tradition and histories. So it's probably not what you immediately think of when you watch Coming to America, but it also really challenges stereotypes. So it, uh, it really challenges stereotypes that have plagued portrayals of Africa in Western cinema. So it really deliberately eschews exoticization and offers a counter-narrative that <laughs> emphasises prosperity, sophistication, and self-sufficiency. And by choosing to set the story in a prosperous African nation, the film confronts head-on the misconceptions about the continent that have been perpetuated in Western media. Moreover, the film also defies stereotypes concerning African-American characters. So it features African-American characters from diverse backgrounds with differing social statuses, jobs, and ambitions. From Akeem's humble experience working at McDowell's to Lisa's pursuit of a career in law, the film acknowledges the complexity and diversity of the African-American experience. And this representation is a testament to the film's cultural sensitivity and commitment to showcasing African-American characters as individuals with depth. And it also, lastly, the celebration of African heritage is really the, the film at its core is a celebration of African heritage itself. The film showcases a proud and dignified representation of African culture, providing a source of cultural pride for both African and African-American audiences. It challenges viewers to look beyond preconceived notions and explore the richness of African customs and tradition. And this celebration goes beyond aesthetic. It really emphasizes the importance of tradition, community, values that resonate with audience of all backgrounds. So Akeem's journey to try and find true love and self-discovery is intertwined with the cultural values of respect for tradition and the importance of familial and communal ties. So I guess, look, obviously I'm going overboard with a the flex there, but really wanted to showcase that whilst we have been laughing at this piss funny film for 35 years, it was a very, very different portrayal. And just the fact that it was almost an entirely black cast was hugely different for the day and, and a bit bit more groundbreaking than probably we give it credit for. So there you go. That is Film School for F-Wits. Consider yourself learned. Well done, Daniel. Nice. Well, you know, back back from the dead. I feel educated. Yeah. Edumacated. Edumacated. Edumacation over. over. Bring it. Just bring it. Okay, and from one uh, film school into a, another schooling, it's Stan Bush kick-ass credit song, and Dan is back. You haven't done one for a while, Daniel. No, nah, I've been I've managed to dodge it like a sneaky little fucker, and uh, I've let you guys take it on for a while. So it was my turn. I've had a, a proper go with this one as well. I haven't just done my bit where I pick on one word and then say it over and again and, and, dro <laughs> and drop a cunt bomb in there for shock value. I've actually had a go. So actually, you just got to give me a second because we remember my melody. So uh, That's just fine. hang on, hang on. All right, here we go. In, in the theme of Stan Bush, Kick-Ass Credits on, it's called In the Land of Zamunda, and uh, here we go. 
In the land of Samunda, where dreams are born, a prince with a vision in the early morn. He left his throne, he crossed the sea, to find his queen, his destiny. In the land of Samunda, where dreams come alive, a prince left his palace on a quest to survive. He's on a hunt for true love in a world so vast, leaving riches behind in search of a love that will last. Whoa, he's coming to America, sowing his royal loins in the city of dreams where the neon skyline joins. From the palace to the streets, he's ready to ignite. Gonna find your love, yeah, he's making right tonight. Is the morn to wear the laughter supreme? The royal penis is clean. Oh, it's not just a dream. From Queens to Africa, oh, we're chasing the gleam. In coming to America, it's a royal regime. So let's dance through the night like a king and queen. Zamunda's calling it's a beautiful scene. The royal penis is clean in this comedy dream. We're living the tale of a prince. Can't you see what I mean? Yeah. Oh, whoa, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was really oh, good. Nice, you're you're back. See what happens when you put a yeah. little bit of an effort in. That's right. That's right. Yeah. He's gonna you're absolutely gonna put knocked it out of the park. Super there we go. Walks. In the land of Zamunda. Thank you. Well done, Daniel. That's a cracker. When we do our kick-ass uh, episode, that I reckon that's going to be in there. They might get a start, right? Eh? I'm, I'm am looking forward to that. I can't remember many of them, but there's a couple of standouts. I think Damo is my favourite so far of all of them, but there's you two have done some absolute crackers as well. So looking yeah. forward to it. No, it should be fun. Should be. It's called Kick-Ass Credit, a retrospective. Volume Excellent. One. Coming Excellent. soon. Can't wait. Can't wait for it. Okay, now let's move into a star of the show. We'll start with you, G. Jesus, hard to go past Eddie. I mean, that's, that's the obvious choice here, isn't it? He's so good. I, I said Arsenio Hall is, is right behind him, being able to play multiple characters. I'm going to give it to Eddie for that. That was just something that you didn't see many people being able to do that, and it really showed how how awesome he was at that time. He just killed it. Yeah, agree. Daniel? Yeah, I, of course, that would be uh, an obvious choice. I'm actually going to go with Rick Baker, though. The, the the special effects makeup, absolute extraordinaire for just what he was able to do, making us think, is that actually him with a lot of these characters? I think it uh, it's probably a little a little under um, under under praised his role in this film, and uh, I'm going to fix that right now and give my special award to you, Mr. Rick Baker. Well played. Yeah, good good choice. Rick Baker, he's a legend. Uh, I'm going with Eddie. Four characters, all crackers, so funny. Just the stuff in Mighty Sharp is enough. Akeem's probably my least favourite character out of all of his characters. <laughs> the rest of them are just absolutely hilarious. It's Eddie Murphy at his best. Well done. Okay, uh, coming to America. Obviously, for us growing up as uh, teenagers in the uh, late 80s, early 90s, it was a staple. We watched it a hell of a lot. And it's been a part of our lives and a, and a big part of our lives for a long, long time. So we're going to move into the rank bank. And today I've got Royal Penis Cleaners. I've got Slimy Jerry Curls, Soul Glows, Sexual Chocolates, Assistant Managers, Barking Wives to Be, and In the Faces. Do we get anything else we think? No, I like assistant managers just because it's uh, it, <laughs> we've been using it for 35 years, so I think it needs to be elevated. The big bucks. Yeah, go with assistant I managers. I think it is assistant managers. I'm, I'm glad. It's not often we were all on the same page, but there we are now. 
So we'll start with you up on the land, Daniel. How many assistant managers are you going to give coming to America? Really enjoyed this. Haven't seen it in a long time, but there was no dead spots. I was surprised at how much I was able to recall the dialogue. Had a great time. No Marie Kondo for this. There will be plenty of revisits for coming to America in the future. I'm going to give it four four, four assistant managers. Wow, that's high praise for Daniel. High praise. Same score as uh, The Shining. Well done. Yep, yep. Really enjoyed it. G-Man, how many assistant managers are you giving coming to America? I'm right on the same lines. I had four for that as well. Just a great rewatch. Haven't watched it for a while. Cracking movie. Yep. Really funny. Heaps of one-liners. Just sheer enjoyment. Yeah, just really like a a great, fun ride the whole way. And and a lot of nostalgia in this movie as well. It's Absolutely. hard to go past because it, it made, a, as we've talked about, it made a large part of our life and the jokes that we've had and the one-liners we keep spewing out to this day. Yeah. So I'm giving it four. Okay, nice. okay. Uh, this is a hard one for me. I love this movie. I'm giving it 3.75. And it's just because I thought it might be a little bit long. I was, up until this watch, it would have been a four every day of the week. But I'm going to give it a 3.75 assistant managers. G-Man, where is that going to put Coming to America in the rank bank? All right. Coming to America has come in at 3.92 assistant managers on par with 3.92 cool execs with a heart of steel in Iron Man. Wow. Uh, Right above 3.83 set of skills for Taken. (laughs) And just below 3.94 elaborate European flat tops. For Commando. For Commando. So this puts us into 39, or equal 38th spot it's on the sort list. Of, it's right in the middle. Yeah, right yeah. in the middle. No, that's, right I, I reckon that's, that's, that's a good spot. Yeah. It's, uh, I'll tell you what, we're, it's, getting, it's, getting, uh, it's getting pretty full, the rank bank. There's a lot of movies around that four. You know, 3.8 yeah. to 4.2. There's a lot of movies there. You know, I think we're getting it right. I think we got this one right. It's uh, it's about an 8 out of 10 There's no doubt. A lot of fun. Look, if you loved coming to America, what are you going to watch? Uh, G-Man. Oh, look, I didn't stray too far here. If you really like Eddie Murphy, you can you can look at Trading Places because he's so good. At Dan Aykroyd's so good in that yep. as well. Yep. Um, the other one is Beverly Hills Cop, which we've been through before. If you want to see him at his absolute comic best, you yep. can watch those. There's not really any movies I think that are particularly like this. And yep. coming to America. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Daniel. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I can't be fucked with this segment, so I just like telling you what I've been watching this week. And I've been watching Band of Brothers again, and I've just oh. concluded it. So One of the great what, TV shows ever yeah, made. Probably I, I the prob- greatest. I probably don't watch it every year, but I watched it, uh, yeah, just punched out the, the 10 episodes. And, yeah, really, really amazing. And this time I really watched it more from a technical production point of view and just some of the scenes that they do like in Bastogne the winter Incredible. scenes oh yeah. they're just Incredible. some of the camera setups and the way they did yeah amazing uh efforts if you haven't seen it it's pretty moving bit draining but worth a little band of brothers completely the opposite to coming to America I am um, I think I, it, it was on a couple of months ago and I got caught into like the second episode and then I then I was like how many can I get through because it was back to back on Fox it's I think it's the best piece of television ever made it's if you're talking about a a, a one season thing, not a long term TV series, but once it is the greatest piece of television ever made. 
It's flawless. It's, it's ten out of ten. Just takes you through the it's whole ten out of gamut, ten, doesn't it? With the characters coming through it. Yeah, it's yeah, great. It's brilliant. Fantastic I love it. Show. I watch it every year at least once. Love it. It's incredible. Okay, I'm going for if you like if you like Eddie Murphy, like seeing his different characters, give the nutty professor a crack. The, uh, the, the 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 dinner table scene with Hercules, where he plays all the family members, is freaking funny. The rest of the movie's not great, and it's got that absolute scarab in it, uh, Jada Pinkett Smith. But uh, look, you know, I still think the Nutty Professor's pretty damn funny. The fart scene at the dinner table hits me where I like it, and uh, <laughs> and Eddie does it again. Nutty Professor too. Not as good, but definitely... There's, there's definitely some funny bits in that movie. There's yeah. funny scenes, Yeah, there's funny sure. scenes. It's not a great movie, but there are some funny scenes. Hercules, Hercules, Hercules. Very funny. Is is Very Jada funny. Pinkett Smith just the world's biggest trollop? Like, I, I don't... I've heard that in the media at the moment she's just going to town on Big Willie style. And, uh, yeah. yeah, saying he hasn't got a Big Willie. And yeah. just really classy bits and pieces like that. She sounds like an awful, awful human. Well, yeah, it's, it's an interesting story to follow apparently they've been separated or divorced for seven years without mm. being divorced and living separate lives she just just go and live your own life yeah like yeah. you it's almost like she's she's fallen out of the uh pantheon of culture so she so, needs yeah. to say she something to, to get back light. into it yeah it's, yeah, like, yeah it's like she's famous now for being will smith's wife because she hasn't been but, in a lot of no, things for on. a lot of time but, but and she's on. got her own podcast now hang on a minute that's what she's famous for <laughs> she is not famous for anything else she wasn't in many movies she was first because she was tupac's mate and girlfriend have you seen the meme about her in the car yes, you saw yes, it I fucking saw that. hilarious that is funny but She's famous for being Will Smith's wife. Is she bitter about that because her husband is way more famous than her? Was he that cuckolded that he had to defend her honour? I wouldn't defend her. Move on, Will. I think she's got her podcast out. She's dropping nuggets out there now to try and get you know, she's turning that into cash basically. Yeah, for sure. She's trying to just she's trying to get people onto her show. Yeah, and she Oof, yep. oof, oof. It's uh, it's not ideal. Yeah, not sorry. Ideal. I just you mentioned her name and it uh, got me thinking. So yeah, yeah, yuck. Yeah. Well, that's it, gentlemen. Another great episode of Born to Watch in the rear view. Uh, we can't be done yet. Why not? What have we got coming up? Well, that's what I'm getting to, G Man. Right. Uh, uh -huh. I've I've, I've sorry, actually I'm, I'm a bit premature there. I've actually started to map the rest of the year. Uh, we've got. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna give the next two weeks Ooh. of movies for people because I think the one in a fortnight is going to take a bit of time to get through and for people to do their homework and to really truly appreciate. It's a tough one, is it? No, it's not a tough one. Was it something like Shawshank Redemption or something like that? Oh, are you looking at the thing, AEG man? <laughs> Mate, I look at the run sheet. I know you I do. I look at the notes. I know you do. <laughs> no, I just pulled it now, up. Now next week. It's funny that you mentioned cool execs with a hard o steel. We're going back to Marvel because Gal loves them so much. Is, is, Must I, be is my, my week, week is off. Next week my week off. <laughs> <laughs> it's Dan's week off. Ah! G Man's in the seat with Dave. Suck it. Suck it. We are doing Captain America: The First Avenger. Oh god. Who's in Captain America? Chris Evans. Chris Evans. That's right. Yeah. It's a, it's a good one. I think you'll enjoy it, Gal. You watch this with the boys. And then obviously Gal has ruined the surprise the week after with the four of us. We're going to attack the Shawshank Redemption. 
Now, is that is that number one on IMDb's? That is number one. Two fifty. Okay. Yeah. That okay. is number I one. I haven't seen it for a long time. Obviously, yeah. remember enjoying it, but yeah, I'm looking forward to revisiting it to see how it how it holds up. Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's 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 very good still Andy, today. Andy Dupraine, did he kill his wife? Yeah, Andy. Yeah, and uh, and Red. I guess it's because. Uh, because of my hair colour, or because I'm Irish. <laughs> Guess it's because I'm Irish. Because the guy in the book is actually a, a redhead Irishman, and Morgan Freeman's playing a redhead Irishman. <laughs> uh, but Shawshank Redemption definitely uh, in two weeks' time. Next week it's Captain America. So get your homework on, people. Please be making comments. Get on Born to Watch Only fans. Get on uh, Watches Unite Facebook page. Get on the Instagram. Get on TikTok. Follow. Please share to your friends. Uh, the more, the merrier. Uh, the, the team is building, and, and we love that. But uh, but uh, we'd love some more listeners as well. Uh, until next week, it's been an absolute pleasure, gentlemen. Daniel, we'll see you in two weeks. Toodaloo, gentlemen. Sucked in Winter Soldier. Wussies, I'll see you in a couple of weeks. Uh, it's not Winter Soldier, but anyway. And uh, G-Man, uh, until next week. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. See you, okay. boys. Bye for now. Sticks and stones together makes a spark sick night. And the thought of them you was getting so excited. Skyrockets in flight. Boo! Afternoon delight. Afternoon delight. Thank you for listening to this episode of Born to Watch. To join us on our journey into some of our favourite movies of all time, you can find us on all good podcast networks like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you like what you hear, give us a five-star review and share with your friends. 